so welcome back after a short break again. And let's continue this teaching of Saint Theodorus. And uh, everybody has? Okay, brochure. Okay, so we are uh, we, we are going to continue this text number nine. It does not lie within our power to decide whether or not the passions are going to harass and attack the soul, but it does lie within holding. Without, with, let me start over again. It does not lie within our power to decide whether or not the passions are going to harass and attack the soul, but it does lie within our power to prevent impassioned thoughts from lingering within us and arousing the passions to action. The first of these conditions is not sinful inasmuch as it is outside our control. Where the second is concerned, if we fight against the passions and overcome them, we are rewarded, but we shall be punished if because of laziness and cowardice, we let them overcome us. I think that this is very clear teaching, what he says, and I think that if we think about this and we accept this, so I, I think it answers a lot of questions. Um, because many people, they have this problem to discern what is sin and what is not sin, especially if we talk about uh, this level in our in our in our mind in you know how we think and again he says that uh, it is not in power if the thoughts or these impulses will bother us or not even uh, even if we uh, read about these holy elders saints who reach highest levels of sanctity, it doesn't mean that they were totally free, there was no impulse. You know, but the difference is that even if this uh, impulse was, they were uh, immune, not immune, is not the right word, indifferent to this. Impulse came and went. This is like a wonderful experience. Uh, comparison is which gave um, uh, Saint Pisces from Man Athos. He compared this that well, it is he compared these impulses like to to planes. He says you are down, and uh, you can see look you can look up and you can see a lot of planes. Many of them you see, and that's it. You, they don't bother you. They fly so high that you cannot hear them. So, but there are you can see them, but no bothering. <coughs> then he said that there are planes who fly all over. You can see them. You can hear noise, and it can be bothering, but still that's it. Uh, he said, the proud, the, these, "These thoughts are not problem, even if we are totally indifferent. That 
this impulse or the thought comes and lives immediately because we don't pay attention to this. We recognize that there is this thought, but well, we don't play. Or this, it can make some kind of noise. It means that our soul can be disturbed a little bit, but well, it is gone. But he said the worst case is and sin is when we make or when we build an airport in our heart and we let those planes to land in our heart. This is problem. And uh, this is what he's saying that well, we, it is not in our power to, I would say, to say or to arrange that all these planes disappear. No, this is not in our power. In our power is not to build airport. So, and this is this is what what he says. That uh, if we go from his exp um, explanation is that he says that the problem for us is when we let these impulses, these thoughts, to land in our heart, and then they can really awake our passions. And this is when we are defeated. This is our agreement. When we let the thought to land in our heart, it means that we start to think about them. We, we discuss these ideas. We start to make some kind of fantasies. You know, uh, it is it is something what uh, what uh, we already agreed, and many times we are defeated in this process. There was, uh, and it can be with all kinds of of thoughts and um, and passions which are hidden. These thoughts, and usually we many times we think only about this some kind of thoughts which are against purity, bodily purity, sexual things. For sure they are very powerful, but there are others we should pay attention and because they are not so stressed, we, we are sometimes ignorant and we let them to, to enter without thinking. I, one of my friend, he said that uh, he was um, he did shopping in a grocery store, and when he was living, so he went this customer, whatever department, customer service, mm -hmm. and uh, he saw there an old man who was buying lottery ticket, lottery, and uh, well, and he said, well, this older man, probably he wants to win uh, and to have like, enjoy some spent money to, for his, like this old age. And he said, and I started to think that, oh, if I would win, so he started to think, I would do this, 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 and he said, the way from grocery store to my home takes like 10 minutes. And I came home, I was still thinking what I would do with that money. And uh, 
when he realized that and he was thinking about this, uh, this, uh, f his fantasies he had, what he would do. So he said, well, I saw that, that greed was in me and I didn't recognize that. There was a like, desire for power because he was thinking that, well, if he has a lot of money, how he would arrange many things correctly, fix many things for power. And he said, uh, one of his thoughts, uh, I remember well that, that, that he would donate a lot of money to, I don't remember what it was, he, he was really concrete and he said, well, this is, and he said, everything like greed, um, then uh, uh, this power, glory I would have, everything was in me, in my thoughts, and I was enjoying that. He said this uh, because we were talking about these uh, like thoughts and these temptations, but, but this is an example that how careful we have to be when we, uh, when we uh, pay don't pay attention, or I would say that we have to pay attention to our thoughts and to always keep in mind that to keep in mind that our mind is corrupted and that there is in uh, inclination towards evil towards sin in us so we should always like test what is going on in our head and to really think that that uh, that and to make judgment if it's good or not and really leave immediately those thoughts which uh, can be impulse to for awakening all our passions. Holy Fathers they offer for controlling our thoughts uh, two main tools or weapons or instruments the first one is prayer. That prayer is very powerful. If you pray, as and not only this our prayer rule which we have, but if if we pray, we try to pray non-stop. For example, Jesus prayer, um, or or we are staying this prayerful state in presence of God. So this is very powerful because. This is something what uh, uh, gives soul some kind of clarity. You can recognize immediately if some like strange thought is coming to mind. And the second thing is surprise, spiritual reading. They say, well, you should have this ascetical tool present in your life every day. That they, I, I was surprised when I was reading this, this Holy Father, and one after another, they, they really st were stressing this, this ascetical tool, which is reading, spiritual reading. I, well, I, I knew value of this, but I never thought that it is so important they insist on this 
And now spiritual reading doesn't mean to gather information to do some kind of intellectual work. They mean that this opening of our soul for teaching of our God, a teaching of Holy Fathers through this experience. And the reading should be especially Gospels and Holy Fathers who teach about spiritual life. So this is something what makes us sensitive. And this is true because if we try to pray and to be in this prayerful state and when we are fed by this spiritual reading, it is like uh, Feelings, you know, if you take like shower, and then you have to go somewhere where it's not, it's not clean space, and you don't want to get dirty. You are very careful what you are going to touch, and you know you don't want to damage this freshness, and, and you don't want to make yourself dirty. And the same thing is with soul, when we have prayer inside and spiritual reading. So soul has this, not feel, not feeling this, understands this, this state of some kind of holiness or, or a purity. And in, in this way, uh, soul really pays attention and can recognize very very Im almost immediately what is dirty, what is not, and so wants to stay uh, clean. So those two are very good tools, uh, tools which uh, which uh, helps us to watch our thoughts. And then, if we can recognize this impulse which wants to awake our passion and we expel that, we say no to this and we turn our minds something else that we want. And he says, Theodoro says, and not only him, but he said, we will be rewarded. But we'll be punished if we are too lazy to make this effort to say no to this to this uh, impulse which is coming from our thought. It's not easy thing. We can we can try very hard and well we there will be failure and victory, failure and victory. But more we will be trying is then there will be more victories than failings. But it means like constant uh, vigilance. It, it it is it is tiring, but but if we remember, if we put this setting to our mind that we don't trust ourselves, and we learn and we will have this attitude that I don't trust my thoughts, it can be very helpful. Or if we 
are, if we are suspicious towards our thoughts, this can be very, very helpful in fight with, with these temptations. Does it make sense? Any questions, comments? All right, so let's continue. Number 10. There are three principal passions through which all the rest arise. Love of sensual pleasure, love of riches, and love of praise. Close in their wake follow five other evil spirits, and from these five arise a great swarm of passions and all manner of evil. Thus he who defeats the three leaders and rules simultaneously overcomes the order of the other five and so subdues all the passions. Well, so in this in this text, he is uh, taking something from teaching of Saint. Oh, he's not saying sorry, from Evargius. Um, Evargius was really spiritual writer, and it is he is in Philokalia, but well, he made some uh, not correct teachings, but. Holy Fathers, they, they took out the, those things which were not valid, not good. And in Philokalia, we have this nice, clean text, free of these uh, words which are, or sentences, or, which are suspicious. But Evagrius was uh, a really excellent um, expert on uh, human heart and soul and he really he, he gave us this uh, list of eight passions evil passions and uh, uh, Theodorus is is taking this eight and and he makes like he divides them that he said three are like more important allowed towards like pleasures, love, love towards riches and love towards praise and glory. And he said, if we are defeated in this, one of them, then other passions will come, will follow. Who doesn't have this? I don't have that Okay, so you can take, I made enough copies, can you pass it? Uh, those are uh, a list of passion, uh, it's like chart. I, I brought this when we were um, uh, talking about Briancani now, and I brought one which I printed from, from somewhere, and uh, it was not very clean, so Kurt Valentar, Prussianers, he Oh, he offered, oh, I'm going to redo that, and he did a wonderful job. So you have, I wait until it goes to everybody. You can even find, and I found it like interesting, that I saw in several families, in several families, um, I found this, uh, I don't know from where they got this print, but it was 
this black and white, but it is nicely done in color. But they put it to frame and it is on the wall, you know, and like a reminder. And you have in the, in the center, you have this eight main passions with blood. And you can see in this chart that from what is coming out, what kind of other passions are going from from uh, from this from this? For example, like gluttony. You know, you have uh, that it goes like inappropriate behavior, oversleeping, obsessiveness, and uh, etc. So there are like daughters or offsprings of each passions, and then you have in these circles you have remedies like pills. So if you are suffering with anger, so you have here in this chart, you can find what kind of ascetical tool you should take against this passion. So this is, this is wonderful help. Uh, and it comes from a teaching of Holy Fathers. It was taken out from their teaching, this chart. And it's very helpful because it is a good reminder. But what is important is like that that uh, Saint Theodorus tells us that if we concentrate primary on these three areas, so then we easily can prevent other passions to be present or to take roots in our heart. He said, we should really concentrate on those three areas. And if we win here, so we make whole our life a little bit easier, a spiritual life. So I, I think that I'm not going to talk about this more because he, he is going to uh, he will he will go he will speak about this more later. But I think that this is a good thing to remember and to keep in mind uh, these passions, main passion passions, and uh, you can see on this chart that well uh, they are not alone. If you let gluttony to rule over you, so then other passions uh, will appear in our life, and you have to fight with that. But his his advice is to concentrate on these three areas. If this is under control, we prevent others to be a victim. Okay. So let's continue. Number 11. Memories of all the impassioned actions we have performed exert an impassioned tyranny over the soul. But when impassioned thoughts have been completely erased from our heart so that they no longer affect it, <coughs> even as provocations, this is a sign that our former sinful acts have been forgiven. For so long as the heart is stimulated by passion, Sin clearly reigns there. Yeah. 
very good advice. And he is uh, um, helping us to understand these movements in our heart. He says that each sin or each act which comes out of which comes out from passion stays in us, and it applies like this tyranny ruling over us. He this uh, this memory of this rules over us, and this is why uh, you know what. This, uh, I think this is not understood correctly that, for example, confession, it is a, we confess things. And yes, they are forgiven, but it doesn't mean that immediately this wound is healed. You know, uh, this is why. Uh, in on the west that um, you are receiving like penance what to do on the east we speak more about medicine which you should take to be healed because after confession uh, what follows is this process of repentance Repentance, it means to do opposite what I have done as a sin, passion. I think that good comparison, maybe not the perfect, but explains a lot of is what I heard and it worked for me, so I'm going to share is that let's imagine that you have a house and on the upper floor, water pipe broke. So it's break. Uh, there is a some kind of leak, and water is going down from upstairs to downstairs and damaging everything. So what are you going to do? You are going to really fix the leak. Water stops to flow. But the next part is to fix the damage in the house. So it means that, like, an, not the perfect confession, no, but well, confession is like that that, well, leak is stopped, removed, the problem was removed. But now you are making repentance is to fix. To, to fix the damage, to repair, and this is this is something what what they, it might take long time, you know that uh, sometimes you had if you if you go like back to uh, past, uh, there were like this penance was really harsh. It was not so easy. So, for example, there was like penance that, uh, for example, you went for confession, and actually there, there was there are like books which says how much penance, what to do, 
for healing after this kind of sin. But there was like in that well, you confess, you receive absolution, but penance was you cannot receive communion for one year. For example. And it looks like so strange for us. We say, wow, you crazy. This something that gives life. What is cruel to prevent. But well, think about this way. If this person who confessed the sin and he knows that my sin is, is forgiven, but I have this penance, can you imagine what is going on in the heart of that person who is, and he had to, or she had to sit in the back of the church, in a place which was for sinners? But can you, can you imagine how this thirst and hunger for Christ in Eucharist was growing during this long time in the soul of the person? And when this time of penance was gone, so can you imagine how this deep love the person received communion? So it, there was wisdom in that. Or there was like the heart like to, to fast for months only water and bread. It was especially connected with bodily, bodily passion, bodily sins. Or there was to do pilgrimage to holy place. So you were lucky if you get, okay, if there was like national shrine, I would say, like we have in Washington. So you will go, you will walk there to make pilgrimage and you go back. It was easy, but sometimes they got like to go to Jerusalem <laughs> to make pilgrimage, and there was, you know, that this was, and but again, it it seems like very harsh. But when you when you were doing that, just if you many times they get bothered to to go to a monastery close by to make pilgrimage there. Even if you have to walk like three days to get to monastery, and you know, and you walk, and you know why you are walking, that you are doing repentance, and the state of mind for three days walking, it really, it really ch changes your mind. It really is making some kind of transformation in the soul. Because many times we go for confession, and usually we get some kind of easy pill what to do. And many times the next day we, for, we forgot that we went for confession, that something happened, that we were forgiven. And our souls are not, our souls are not healed. And this is why these memories, then, of these sins, has power over us. There was 
a story I can tell you about. Uh, it was one priest, and uh, there were priests, other priests who hurt him very much. And uh, well, it was it was problem, and uh, it was no justice there. And the priest was like, "Ah, oh, why he did that to me?" And he was really wounded, sad. But slowly, he said, I, "I'm I'm forgiving, I'm forgiving." But still, this anger and this feeling of self pity. <laughs> was in him and but when they met they they both pretended that uh, their friends and nothing happened that he was forgiven but always they met this priest who was wounded he felt this like this anger and this self-pity all this this emotion came uh, on surface and uh, so he was not satisfied, and one day he made decision that, well, he gave that priest a call. I said, can I come to visit you? So it had agreed, so he went, and when he came to him and he said, look, I came to apologize to you if I did something bad to you. Sorry, please forgive me. Even he was wounded. He made this move that he apologized and he asked for forgiveness for his part if there was something. And that priest was really like caught off guard, this correct. And uh, so he asked for forgiveness too at the moment. And well, they didn't talk too much, and so he left. He did that. But something happened. He said, from that time on, it doesn't mean that he forgot what the priest did to him. He didn't forget, he forgets that all these things, but when those memories came out, they didn't raise these passions. He was free. It doesn't mean that, that these memories were gone but they were healed by this act of repentance. He needed to do this, this repentance, which considered to come to him to apologize, not to wait for some kind of asking for forgiveness, but he made this first step. And through this he was healed because he became humble and he put himself to that position of um, sinner. He humbled himself and through this he was healed. So it is it is what he and he says this that that our uh, sinful deeds were forgiven. So in this repentance, this process which comes like in confession, it is forgiven, but let's don't think about confession that it it is something when I get absolution is over. It's not. Like confession consists from several parts. 
It means three parts are in uh, in uh, before confession. It is, and those three parts you are doing before confessions are testing your conscience. So it means I spend time thinking about my life, what I've done, what I said, what I, whatever, what is in my thoughts. The second step is this pain in heart. When I look at all those sins I committed and my heart is aching. That, well, oh, really, I have pain in my heart. Third part I am doing before confession is that it comes from this pain of heart when I tell God, please forgive me and I'm making a resolution to avoid each of these sins. Three parts before confession. Then four part is confession itself. I, I publicly confess those sins and I receiving repentance and absolution. But it is not over. This is for a fifth part which I give him after confession that I am doing this repentance. So my confession is somehow complete when this repentance is complete. You know, when I finish that. Many times it, it is easy to, if uh, this repentance is something what I'm supposed to do or to pray, it's, it's easy, but sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes you can get, uh, well, some, to do something what can somehow be difficult. And um, it will take time. But we, we have to keep this in mind that it is some kind of like process. And through this process, our soul is healed. And if it is done correctly, so then these memories are somehow like healed and even if they come on surface, they are not these triggers of these passions. We just acknowledge, okay, this happened, but it doesn't bring back all these negative things, these passions <coughs> in us. Does that make sense? So let's go to 11. Where did 11? Oh, 12, sorry. That's okay, that's okay. I don't know numbers. <laughs> Bodily passions or passions concerned with material things are reduced and withered through bodily hardship, while the unseen passions of the soul are destroyed through humility, gentleness, and love. These words are very important, especially for those who are starting their, their spiritual life. That uh, 
if I if, if I explain this very simple way, that there's a difference. We might say that well, we believe in God. We go to the church. We even pray, and uh, we do it uh, with some kind of without difficulties. We go to Sunday to the church. We believe. We try to good do good deeds, and we pray a little bit, and we are satisfied. And, and uh, but true is that this is not real spiritual life. Spiritual life is when I make decision that I believe in Christ, I believe that he suffered for me because he wants to open heaven for me. I believe that my salvation is in him and that he is calling me to holiness. And. Uh, when I make decision, serious decision, yes, I want to follow Christ, and I start to search with holy seriousness what Christ is telling me, and I am trying to find this path. She, he's, sorry, he's showing me, showing me how to walk, and I can find it in Gospels. So then. I realized, okay, I am some. I even didn't start this journey. And many times it is that when we, when we start to read gospel with this intention to find path for our salvation, how to be saved, how to become holy, and we start to read what Christ is telling us there, what kind of orders He gives. So it is like, okay. We are probably many times scared because we say it's impossible for me to reach. Remember this this young man who came to Christ, and he was keeping all these all all uh, commandments of the Old Testament. He was almost perfect person, and Christ told him, "Sell everything you have, and then to come and follow me." And he left sad because it was too much for him. Christ really demands whole our heart and mind. And when we start to realize that, so then it is it is really then it is a moment when We are putting like fundamentals or spiritual life. When this, when we start to walk on this path, we try to try. When a real spiritual life starts in us. Up to this moment, it the spiritual life is like that, something inactive in us. It's given to us through baptism, but it's not active. It's not growing. It's it's without life. Now, so we make when we make this decision to for salvation of soul, and really we want that, and we say, okay, Lord, I will try hard. I will try to do everything to to come to salvation. 
then problems starts because we immediately start to see passions which are present in us. Person who doesn't make this decision, he's not aware of these passions. He or she is really blind to this. But immediately when we make this step towards Christ in real way, we immediately start to see these bonds which passions puts on us. And, and many people are scared in that, uh, well, many times they, they expect, and many times it is true that Christ, or God, gives this candy in the beginning, this sweetness, excitement, zeal, to encourage us in the beginning. But sooner or later, this moment comes when we see this reality. And it is through God's providence. If we say to Christ, I want salvation, I want to follow you, so he says, okay, I'm happy. Now let's do some work. Look, this are obstacles for your salvation. And he starts to uncover what is hidden or what we didn't see until that time in our heart. And, and suddenly we see that, well, I am uh, maybe, there's a greed in me that I have love for this world in many forms. There are many, many, this, uh, many things which are I, I do pleasure to my. Uh, I, I am searching for pleasure of my body. And look how it is if you if you just pay a little bit attention. Look how many people have this idol. Idol of health. you know, to take very good care of our own health, to eat correctly, to exercise, to take vitamins, to do all the things. And we have to admit that we have more knowledge about how to keep our body healthy than knowledge how to keep our soul healthy. But we, we don't see that. You know, but once we start to focus, it it starts to it starts to uncover for us. And many times, even God's providence gives us these uh, moments when those things becomes really clearly for us, if we really want to follow Him. Look, this pandemic, COVID nineteen, there was a huge test. But my experience talking with people is that those who were trying to find Christ or were serious of a spiritual life, this situation helped them to come to some kind of clarification. And they some kind of understood that, okay, what is going on was important and but those who were not concerned about the spiritual life, usually they are gone. They are not in the churches anymore. Mm -hmm. 
No, because this, if they had this tradition to go to the church for some kind of satisfaction, during this one-year period, they haven't been in church, they realized, okay, I haven't been in church for one year and nothing happens. I don't miss that. It's okay. So habit was, even pious habit was broken, and they realized that they have no desire for God. That it was only habit. So many times, you know, that they even got uncovered this, our let summer through pandemia, through this, this, uh, this virus, he, I think that he uh, opened eyes to those who wanted to see and helped them to see better and helped them to see their idols. And I think that this was like some kind of some kind of separation, or not separation, cleansing in place, many places. What is, well, not bad, I would say. But, but, but the point he's making is that he gives this advice because he knows this mechanism when we start serious our spiritual life, we are confronted with our passions. And he says there are two kinds, these passions connected with material things. And he says that what we are supposed to do to keep ascesis, ascesis mm -hmm. of body, and what is on the level of soul, anger, pride, etc., we should damage this passion with humility, gentleness, and love. So those are tools. So we should not be scared. We should not be scared, but, but we should really use the correct weapons for the spiritual battle. Does it make sense? It's clear? I think that if Saint Theodorus hears me, probably he would rebuke me so many times <laughs> what I am saying. But, um, well, I just want to defend myself that I want to be very faithful to his teaching. And maybe simplifying, maybe for understanding, I don't want to damage his what he is saying. Okay, I think that we can stop here because, well, we have only few few minutes, so do you have some kind of comments or sharing or thoughts? In the end, we have a few minutes more. Nothing. This is my like third, you know, like today. I had like morning. I had the presentation for our theological faculty in Prussia about this importance of studying Holy Fathers. They were tough. They gave me several tough questions after. But then I had my book study with Slovak groups. They were great. 
no tough questions. <laughs> <laughs> and you are so kind to me because you see probably that I'm tired. So you are very merciful to me. So I thank you from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> thank you very much.